What's going on, everyone? And today we celebrate the birthday of one of the most important Grizzlies, not only since the franchise was established here in Memphis, but one of the most important Grizzlies and NBA players in the game right now. Happy birthday, John Moran. Let's talk about what all he has done for this franchise in just three short years and what's going and what's to look forward to now that he's locked up for the next six seasons. Happy birthday, John Moran. Let's talk about the Grizzlies franchise player right here on Locked On Grizzlies. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to Locked on Grizzlies. I am your host, DeMichael Cole. Uh, we thank you for tuning in to Locked on Grizzlies. Welcome back, and remember, this episode is brought to you by the one and only Bet Online. Bet Online is it's your premier option for where you go to get your bets. And remember, BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. And BetOnline is where the game starts. But thank you for tuning in to Locked on Grizzlies. My name again is DeMichael Cole, beat writer at the Commercial Appeal covering the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I've been here in Memphis since December. I'm born and raised in Memphis, of course, as well. Uh, raised here, grew up here watching the Grizzlies all my life, uh, the 2004 team, and going all the way up to the grit and grind years with Zach Randolph, Tony Allen, Mike Conley, and, you know, Mark Gasol, that, that entire crew. And into this new era of this next-gen Grizz squad, and, and all my time watching the Grizzlies, for everything that the Grizzlies did have, they had great defenders, they had all-star talent and Marcus Gasol, Zach Randolph. They had a max player. They actually had the highest player, highest paid player in NBA history at one point in Mike Conley. They had a great shooter in Mike Miller. They had the excitement in Stromile Swift. They had the hometown grown guy, Lorenzen Wright. All of the things the Grizzlies have had, they never had a national phenomenon like Ja Morant. Happy 23rd birthday to the Grizzlies starting point guard who just wrapped up his third NBA season. Ja Morant is 23 years old now, and wow, what a career he's already had just for someone at the age of 23. But, yes, uh, the Grizzlies have never had a cultural phenomenon like John Morant. Let me explain. With John Morant, it goes beyond Memphis. It goes beyond what he's doing on the basketball court at FedEx Forum. It's deeper than that with him. In Orlando, 
He went down to Orlando. He was getting MVP chance from that crowd. Okay, yeah, I get it. That's Orlando. They just finished the season, had the number one pick, one of the worst records in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, I get it. In Brooklyn, John Morant's at the free throw line. At the Barclays Center, MVP chance. Okay, yeah, that's the Knicks city, right? I get it. Atlanta. John Morant runs onto the floor. Um, I didn't even see John Morant run onto the floor. I just saw a bunch of kids from the other side of the court yelling, Ja, Ja. Houston, same scenario. John Morant didn't even play uh, in the late March game against the Houston Rockets. He's sitting on the bench. Kids, I mean, teenagers, adults, yelling from under the basket all the way to the bench area. John Morant, John Morant. I can go on and on and on, city by city. It never stopped. Everywhere I traveled, everywhere John Morant was, there was the cultural phenomenon of this guy has fans everywhere. He is one of those players. You know how LeBron James has his fan base now? Like, if LeBron goes to another team, the LeBron fan base goes there as well. Or the Stephen Curry fan base, if you want to talk about a player who's, quote-unquote, more loyal to one franchise. When Steph Curry comes to Memphis, there's always a big section of Golden State fans, and in the, in the regular season games at least, a big section of Golden State fans there who – you know, come with their Steph Curry jerseys and 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 whatnot. But John Morant, yes, I said LeBron James and Steph Curry. That wasn't an accident. John Morant is is twenty three and he's working his way into that that cultural that Derek that young MVP Derek Rose, that young Russell Westbrook, that young you know Allen Iverson. He's working his way into that cultural territory. And it's not just me saying this off of the eye test. I can I can use numbers as well. How do you how do you want me to prove? The eye test, I just proved to you. Everywhere that I've been on the road this season, John Morant has a fan base. It's not always been like that. It, it wasn't like that with Mike Conley, Zach Randolph, Shane Battier, Pal Gasol. Certain places you would go. You know, when you go to Indiana, Zach Randolph would have a nice, you know, crowd there. When you go to Portland, you know, he would get some love there. Same thing with Gasol in certain places. But with this guy, it's everywhere. And the numbers back it up, too. John Morant, social media, had the highest viewed Instagram video on ESPN's social account he had two plays nominated for SBs. well he had one play nominated for the SBs, the dunk over malik beasley and he had another moment his entire season that made him nominated for, for one of the best comeback players of the year as an sb didn't win either one but nationally John Morant is on an entirely different level right now. And it's important to notice the growth over the past three years. 
rookie of the year in year one. I thought during his rookie season, we we saw him do more than flash. We saw him actually prove that the Grizzlies made the right decision. Because if you remember, there was a guy right behind John Moran in that draft name, R.J. Barrett. Went to the Knicks. Been a decent, has been a really good player so far, but John Morant, year one numbers, 17.8 points, 7.3 assists, shot 33.5% from three-point range, and more than anything, the Grizzlies went 33 and 49 the year before Morant came. They hired Taylor Jenkins. They get a new G, a new GM, new executive, and Zach Kleiman. First year in the Kleiman Jenkins Morant era. They go from 33 and 49 to 34 and 39. Mind you, the Grizzlies won the eighth seed. Uh, they lost the eighth seed to the Portland Trailblazers uh, during the bubble. But mind you, going into the bubble when the season halted in March. Um, due to the COVID pandemic, the Grizzlies were projected to make the playoffs. And I believe the lead they had over Portland was some something like four games. It was very sustainable had certain things not played out. But as we know, Jaron Jackson Jr. got hurt and so forth. And the Grizzlies lost that playoff spot. But year two, the Grizzlies did indeed make the playoffs. Won their first game against the Utah Jazz. And, and you know, Got the old gentleman sweep, lost the next four, but got that playoff experience. John Morant's third season said, okay, let's take it up a notch. And I think this is the most notable simply because John Morant's third season is when I joined the beat and he took off. When I say took off, rookie of the year is nice, but how's an all-star appearance? First Memphis Grizzly All-Star appearance since I believe it was 2016 Marcus Hall. How about an All-NBA? Men on the sec- second team All-NBA. How about winning the NBA's most improved award? The first Memphis Grizzlies player ever to do that. John Morant each year has improved, improved, improved. And it's why the Grizzlies said, hey, we're going to reward you with a five-year contract. This can be worth over $230 million. Depends on how and how, how he plays next season, how much he plays next season, all type of escalators in there. But with that being said, John Morant is one of the best things to happen to this Grizzlies franchise. And there's another thing. A lot of people don't talk about this as much as well. The Grizzlies are one of the best things to happen to John Morant too. And this comes from me. I've talked to his family about this. I talked to the people around him about this. Something to note. The, the Knicks had the number one, number three pick. Cool. John Morant's a hooper. He's a basketball player. Would have been fine going there to New York, the basketball mecca. But John Morant's personality fits Memphis much better than it would have New York. This is coming from the people who watched him grow up. This is coming from his family members, his inner circle. These people tell me Memphis was the best case scenario. Got a small town, South Carolina kid, 
come to Memphis where you get the city feel, but it's smaller. And, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about too much of the paparazzi things that go on in New York. You can kind of, he can, you know, be a superstar here, but he can be a star in, in a smaller environment. And, and from what his family told me, that fits much better than what New York did. So not only is John Morant Memphis' superstar, but Memphis is John Morant's uh, city as well. But we've talked about, you know, the stardom, the rise, the growth of John Morant. And, you know, he's, he's in year 23 now. He's going into his fourth season. So what's the next step? Let's talk about that coming up on, on Grizzlies. But before we do, let's talk about Bet Online. Because when we talk about these next steps coming up after this, you're going to want to remember that because on Bet Online next season, make sure you factor that into play because Bet Online is where you get your premier bets and it's the number one source for your betting. BetOnline.net is where you go. Right now, the MLB season is in full gear. Preseason football is coming up. And guess what? Bet Online doesn't discriminate. Bet Online is not going to wait till the regular season. Preseason props will be available. So keep an eye on what's going on in the NFL so you can know which players are starting, which players are sitting out games in, in the preseason. And go ahead over to Bet Online. You can do that as well with the MLB. Make your MLB bets as well. Go over to betonline.net. Because Bet Online is where the game starts. They have you covered with any sport, not just football and baseball, MMA, boxing, whatever you like. Head over to Bet Online, WNBA as well. Bet Online has you covered. So, with John Morant taking the next step, what does that look like? A lot of people say, well, the guy averaged 27 points in year three. He also just averaged six and a half assists, 6.7 assists. He averaged a career high, 5.7 rebounds, threw in some triple doubles. And not only that, he was arguably one of the better guard rebounders in the game this past season. So what's next? The good thing about John Morant is – there are a lot of ways. There are a lot of ways he can still improve his game. There is serious untapped potential within this guy, even after we just saw him have the best paint scoring season by a point guard in, in, in the past 25 years of NBA history, at least the past 25 years. That's as far back as ESPN stats and info, because the stats from them uh, goes back with the paint scoring for guards. But John Morant, above prime Dwayne Wade, Flash, Russell Westbrook, Derrick Rose, all of the guys. I also wrote a story on this during the season, how he's having, how he was having a paint scoring season like we've never seen before. And on top of the paint scoring, you got players like Draymond Green, comparing his IQ to Rajon Rondo, LeBron James, that tier of players, Chris Paul. So it's not just the physical standpoint. We know what he brings to the table physically. Mentally, Taylor Jenkins says it all the time. Taylor Jenkins was talking about this summer, how John Morant, talking to the summer league guys, 
would give them tips on certain things, or he would be sitting at lunch with Taylor Jenkins and they'd be going through certain things. Or Kennedy Chandler would say, hey, John said this to him after this play, or John said this to him after the game. This is what John Morant does. He's active mentally and physically. But what's the next step then? Where where, where do you go after be, being an NBA All-Star Game starter and making All-NBA and averaging 27 points, leading the Grizzlies to the number two record in the NBA and the number two seed in the Western Conference? Well, the first thing is staying healthy. John Moran, so far, through the, in the shortest season, played 67 games. Last last season of the short season, 63 games. But this past year, 57 of 82 games. And it's not just 57 of 82 games. It's the close calls. I think I've – I mean, Grizzlies fans, like I said, I'm a Memphis native, so I talk to people pretty much every day who are Grizzlies fans, and a lot of people say, man, when Morant falls, they hold their breaths. And John Morant fell a lot this season. And I've heard, I can't remember who the exact player was at this moment. But there have been players saying, look, you can't fall that much over the course of your career. It, it beats up on your body. And there are not only players who are saying that. It's, there are clear examples of that. Dwayne Wade. You, I just mentioned Flash. Early on in his career, spinning in the air, a la John Morant, flying through the air with reckless abandon. That only lasted six or seven years of that style of play. Russell Westbrook was probably the arguably the most explosive point guard we've ever seen until, you know, uh, meniscus injuries, knee problems that he's dealt with on the back nine of his career. Derrick Rose, we, we, we know about the pogo stick-like bounce that this guy had. I mean, a lot of you – uh, locked on Grizzlies fans are also Memphis Tiger fans. So you saw him. You saw him up close. But ACL injuries, knee injuries as well, um, kind of diminished his athleticism. So you always have people ask the question, can Josh stay healthy and things like that? And I think so. I think there there is, you know, a pathway to him staying healthy. But, you know, at the end of the day, those things are kind of unpredictable. But then that's a big deal because the injuries from last season, if you look at them, ankle, knee, knee. And I remember it was right before I came here when when he injured his knee against the Atlanta Hawks. It's right before I got the job in Memphis. So I was watching that game. It was non-contact. He, he kind of limped off the floor really hard, and people held their breath. I remember thinking, oh, when you see a non-contact injury, you you assume the worst more times than not, or you start to think this could be bad. Turn out he, he missed a couple weeks and, you know, came back relatively healthy and, and played well and became an all-star. Then there was the latter part of the season, you know, getting hurt again. And then there was the, the, the knee injury, you know, against Golden State, where they declared, the Grizzlies declared him out for the postseason, even though uh, if the Grizzlies would have made the Western Conference Finals, I'm 90% sure John Moran would have played at some point in that series. But 
the Grizzlies declared him out simply because it was another knee injury. So he's had a few smaller knee injuries at this point of his career, and you just want those to go away. You don't want him to constantly have knee injuries because they take a toll. Talk to doctors about this, and the bigger knee injuries will take a toll on your body. They will affect your lateral movement. They will affect, you know, the leaping ability and things like that. It's not just, though, staying healthy. Let's get into the game. Two quick things that I want to mention are the mid-range shot and the strength, which kind of tells into defense. The mid-range shot. This was more apparent in the Minnesota Timberwolves series than at any point this past season. John Morant takes a lot of his shots in two areas. He shoots a lot of three-pointers. When he's not shooting three-pointers, he's getting to his floater inside the free throw line, or he's flying past you to dunk or lay the ball up. The Timberwolves said, okay, that's the way we're going to play him. So, they gave him the three-point shot a lot, and, and we saw in that Timberwolves series, John Morant struggled from the three-point line. But what they also did was said, we know he's going to drop the ball. And when he drops the ball, when he tries to get to that floater, when he tries to finish, it's going to be one, two, three, four. There's going to be bodies everywhere. And every time John Morant drove the ball, I mean, you he had to – see those pictures in his dreams of Jared Vanderbilt, Carl Anthony Towns. Anthony Edwards got a block from behind on him, I believe, once or twice. Malik Beasley, who he had the jawbreaker on. He did dunk on Malik Beasley and completely clear him, by the way. But there were other examples as well of that guy being there, Um, Jaden McDaniels. And all these guys, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, Jared Vanderbilt, Carl Anthony Towns, these guys are long, and they were there. So, John Morant, if you go back and watch the film, there were opportunities where when he got past the initial guy, he could have stopped at the free throw line, or he could have stopped, you know, around, you know, to take a 17-footer and 18-footer, and he had those shots. You know, he's, he's we've seen him, the workout footage, uh, the film shot by, you know, his photographer, videographer, shot by nine and the entire crew, there have been practice film indicating that John Morant's working on his mid-range shot. If, if that grows to the next part of the game, if he becomes a true three-level scorer from the three-point line, mid-range, and inside, we're talking about a potential 30-point-per-game score because at that point, it's you think about Chris Paul, for example. Teams can take away the three-point shot. Uh, he's not looking to score when he gets deep inside the paint anyway, but he, he still is able to find guys for relatively easy baskets. But he gets to that mid-range shot, and it's hardly indefensible because even outside of John Morant being a three-level scorer, if he's scoring, if he's getting to that mid-range shot, teams are, are going to – that's hard to guard because you're putting guys in the bond, especially when you can have a guy on your back like John Morant often does when he in that pick-and-roll with Steven Adams and Brandon Clark. The mid-range shot will take John Morant to an entirely different level. Keep an eye on how he develops that throughout the next season. But it's not just that. It's not just where John Morant has to grow. It's where the players have to grow around here. So coming up after the break, we're going to talk about what the Grizzlies players around him need to do to help John Morant and the Grizzlies get to the next level.
So you look at the Grizzlies draft class and you see Jake LaRavia, David Roddy, Kennedy Chandler, Vince Williams. All those guys had something in common. Talked about it. We've talked about it here. What those guys had in common is they all can shoot the basketball. They all shot over 37% from three their past season in college basketball. Kenny Chandler, Vince Williams, Jake LaRavia, David Roddy. It's no coincidence that, again, John Morant was the NBA's best paint scorer, statistically speaking. The Timberwolves, as I just mentioned, hounded Morant in the paint. Desmond Bain shot the peel off of that orange basketball in that series. But it was mainly just Desmond Bain. Jake LaRavia, smooth shooting stroke. David Roddy shot the ball decently in summer league, but I saw sometimes in practice where he shot the ball much more better, which indicates it'll come around. Kenny Chandler, Vince Williams. I think Vince Williams has a really smooth shooting stroke. Kenny Chandler probably won't see too much time on the floor with Job Morant, but we'll see how his three-point shot develops as well. But again, shot the ball really well in this one season in college. But I think those four guys plus Brandon Carr's growth at the three-point line. Jaron Jackson Jr., we saw how well he shot the ball early on in his career. This past season took a lot of three-pointers, but again, sub-35% shooting season from three-point range. How he develops from the three-point line. Dylan Brooks was money from the corners. Outside of the corners, subpar three-point shooting from him this past season. How those guys all develop at the three-point line impacts John Morant because over seven assists his first couple years, six and a half, 6.7 assists this past season. The passing ability is there as well as the scoring. If you watch John Morant play, especially before the initial knee injury against the Hawks, you would have seen, and the numbers will back this up. You go look at his first quarter scoring. Morant kind of played the game from a field perspective. Get his players involved early, sees what the defense gives him, and that determines his aggressiveness. That's why you saw games where he'd have 18 points, and then the next game he'd come back taking 10 more shots than he did in that game, and he finished with 30 points. John Morant, again, going back to his IQ, he plays a lot on field. So those players, and this is going to be a Grizzlies, you know, franchise thing. They have to maximize the talent around John Morant. If you maximize that talent around John Morant, oh, all NBA, it's a regular thing. All-star game starter, book it. All of those things pretty much become regulars. When it comes down to people, and people will say, oh, he needs to shoot the three-point ball better. Don't worry about that. I I fully believe John Morant, I mean, to me personally, at this point, this is not a bad three-point shooter. For three seat for three NBA seasons, for someone who gets downhill as much as he does, takes all those bumps and, and falls to the ground, 
He's not been a bad three-point shooter. And again, I've seen times again, yes, we're talking about practice. I've seen John Morant go out there and make 15 of 20, 17 of 23 pointers and, and get hot in practice. And I think that's going to translate over the course of his career. At the end of the day, he's probably not ever going to be guarded to the level of a guy like Steph Curry, where he basically face guard him. He's going to have room on, on those three-point shots. And that's why, you know, he's going to be more than capable of putting up, you know, 35% plus three-point shooting seasons over the course of his NBA career. 33.5% as a rookie, 30% as a sophomore, 34% in his third season. And I think it's going to go up. I think we're talking 35% or better next season for John Moran. But it comes down to, to what he has on the floor. There were certain games, a lot of Timberwolves series, and I, I know I point to that series a lot, but I think that series just was a super big learning lesson, not just for Morant, but for the Grizzlies in terms of how and where they need to go from here to reach championship status. But Desmond Bain shot that ball well in that series. He wasn't the only one who got good looks. Other players got good looks. They just weren't following as much as you remember. That was the series DeAnthony Milton was removed from the rotation, wasn't making shots. So a lot goes into, you know, how the Grizzlies can maximize Grant Morant. How can he get better? But at the end of the day, I think it's simple as shoot the ball better. So the Grizzlies said, you know what? We're going to prioritize shooting in the draft. Zach Kleiman even said shooting was the priority. You space the floor. You have these guys around John Morant. And this team is really going to become a pick your poison. With You're going to put one defender on, on Morant, drive the basketball, and hope he can hold up. Or you're going to keep dropping guys to help. And the Grizzlies are going to pass it to the open shooter. And they're going to swing it. And they're going to get all type of John Morant hockey assists from three-point shots or John Moran assists from made corner baskets and three-point baskets. So there is potential to maximize what you have Morant there. And it's not just that. Defensively, there's potential to maximize Morant as well. I mentioned in the last segment, strength is a big area of improvement. We saw at times teams will post up Morant and things like that. Again, he's 23 now. He's going to grow in more into that grown man body, but I think he's always going to have a slender frame. But as over the course of his career, he'll hold himself up better into the post. We, Everyone knows John Morant can move uh, well laterally. We'll see over the course how he develops defensively. I think that's going to be a big talking point as we get into preseason. Of course, you know, I'm going to be there. I'm going to talk to him about it. I'm going to ask him about it. I'm going to ask the coaches about it as well. And Dylan Brooks, more than anyone, people are mixed on Dylan Brooks. But he's going to challenge, I can bet you this, he's going to challenge Morant on defense as much as anyone on the team. So you factor in all of those things and you automatically know there's a lot of untapped potential in this 23 year old player. It's hard to believe. I know it. Three seasons in John Moran is only 23 years old. He has been a gift. He has been one, a gift to this Grizzlies franchise, but Thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen each and every day for your on the next episode. You know, we're gonna go deep and we're gonna talk more about some of the best plays from last season. So we just talked a lot of John Morant on this episode. 
pretty sure John Morant's going to be involved in the next episode as well. But for your second listen, make sure you get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day. We'll lock on NBA. Again, I always say this. Locked on NBA has is a bigger part of your Grizzlies coverage than ever before because the Grizzlies are one of those top NBA contenders. You believe it. You think the Grizzlies are a top contender here on Locked on Grizzlies if you're tuning in right now. So with the Grizzlies being a top contender, you need to find out what's going on around them. You need to find out what the Clippers are doing. They've been making some good moves. You need to find out, you know, where Jamal Murray is in in his health status, Michael Porter, because those guys are going to help out Nikolai Jokic next season, and they're going to be a factor. There's also the other teams, the consistent teams. There's the Suns. There's the Mavs. Uh, there's the defending champion, Golden State Warriors. There's the Lakers. And so many more franchises in the East as well. Locked on NBA can keep you covered on all of what's going on in the league. And it doesn't take long. It's just about 30 minutes, just like here when you tune in to Locked on Grizzlies. And once again, we appreciate you for tuning in to Locked on Grizzlies. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Uh, we appreciate all of the, the, the help that you give us and making sure we continue to improve the show and hit on the talking points and the things that you want to know about this Grizzlies team going ahead into this next upcoming season. But thank you and appreciate you for tuning in to Locked on Grizzlies. I am your host, the Michael Cole. We'll see you next time.